Happy Sabbath and welcome to Azure Hills Worship Service. It is our true desire that during this service that you will meet Christ in our caring community because we firmly believe that hope is not canceled. Won't you pray with me? Now God our Father, as we come before you in worship, we ask that the Spirit of God will fill each of our homes, our cars, our houses, wherever we might be, that you will take place in our hearts, that we will know we've been in your presence. Bless us this day as we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hello, welcome everyone. We are live from Azure Hills Church here in Grand Terrace, California. So glad that you're joining in today. So please, if you are here with us on Facebook and YouTube right now as we are worshiping together, say hello in the chat. And this morning, I'd like to especially ask if you could just say hello where you're tuning in from, but where you were born. Could you just let us know where you were born? I'm wondering who was born closest and furthest from this place today. So I'm going to be just watching the chat right now as we wish you a very happy Sabbath. Let us know where you are tuning in from, and also where were you born? A few things today. On Monday, we celebrate a holiday. It is the celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Now, this is the only designated holiday where we encourage all Americans to serve and to show up and to make a difference in other people's life. How amazing that that is what his birthday um, has become. So on Monday, we not only invite you to remember the legacy of the fight for equality and justice for all people, but also that you would pause to make a difference in someone's life, that you would pause to serve, that in honor of a person who gave his life in dedication to serving others and to promoting justice, that we would also respond by doing the same in our lives. There's so many quotes from Dr. King that I love, um, but here is one that I want to share with you today. We've learned to fly in the air like birds. We've learned to swim in the seas, and yet we haven't learned to walk the earth as brothers and sisters. This is what our service, this is what our continued promotion of learning how to live and to love one another is all about. So may we continue to learn how to walk as brothers and sisters, my friends. I invite you to greet someone right now. If you could just take a moment, you can text, you can FaceTime, you can call someone right now. I'm just going to call out a few people that I see are saying hello from the chat. Oh, hello to Melissa in Little Rock, Arkansas. Hello, Pola and Sahat. So glad to see you. Happy Sabbath, Battle Cat. Oh, you were born in San Diego. Fantastic. That's great. Pretty close to here. Oh, hello, Judy. Good morning. So glad to see you. Massachusetts. Okay, I'm getting to learn some new things. Heidi, you were born Santa Monica, not too far from here. Okay, Deanna. Hello, Case family. Deanna, you were born the furthest there um, in your family. So good. Abby, right, right here. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Hey, Gregory. Good to see you. Uh, hello, Aquista Face family. Deer Park, California, and San Pablo, California. And then, of course, E&E &E get the win for Loma Linda being the closest right here. Oh, yes. 
Great to see you, Terry. Glad that you're here. Welcome to each one of you. So glad that you're a part of the service today. We hope that you'll continue to join in, continue to greet each other and say hello. It's good to reach out and connect, even though we're not able to be together in person. Um, the surge in our area doesn't allow us um, to do that in the safest way by gathering right now. So we're joining live. So we encourage you to reach out and say hello and encourage one another as we are here together live. Jenna, so glad that you're here. Oh, you were in, okay, Tulsa, Oklahoma, born in Riverside, California. Welcome. Glad you're here. North Carolina. I didn't know that, Katie. So glad to see you. San Francisco, Gregory. Great. So glad to get to see each of you here and as a part of the service. As we get to the sermon time today, we're starting a new sermon series today called Emptied and Filled. It's all about study of the work of the Holy Spirit. And I have to tell you, I've been so blessed myself. I've been moved. I've been challenged. I've learned new things, and I hope that you will too. So I'm really looking forward to our journey together throughout the next five sermon series. So today we have something to vote. This is the second reading and the vote for Sandy Pappas serving as our young adult ministries support elder. Sandy, we are so grateful for you and we want to just vote this. And because we are live today, you are welcome to put um, yes or amen in the chat. So at this time, um, giving the space that we did throughout these weeks for any questions, we now vote uh, Elder Sandy Pappas as our Young Adult Ministry Support Elder. Welcome, Sandy. We are so glad. Welcome to put an amen in the chat. We are so grateful for your support for Pastor Jesse Lopez, Abdul Karim, got to add now that she's married, and for all of the other young adults that are serving and leading. A few milestone birthdays. Actually, today we get lots of celebration. Huge shout out to Charlie Berry, who turned 13 this week. Happy birthday, Charlie. We're so glad that you're entering your teen years and we celebrate with you. Billy Nelson turned 18 on Monday. So this picture obviously is from a little bit ago, but Billy, we're so glad you're a part of this church and we wish you a happy birthday. Victoria Kyrus turned 18 also. Can't believe it. Happy birthday, Victoria. We're so blessed by you. Zachary, Zach turned 18 this week as well. Zachary Flores. Happy birthday from all of us. And PJ Marovich turned 30 this week. So PJ has been raised in this church, but he's now living in Washington State. But still, he and Jackie join in in this community. PJ, happy birthday to you, 30th. And then this week, Joanne Ravel turned 96 years old. And we celebrate her. And we are so grateful for her life. So happy birthday to you. For each of these members and for any other milestones that you might have, milestone birthdays, anniversaries, babies born, we just love to be able to celebrate because in the midst of this time where things are, are really challenging and there's a lot of loss and grief, it's good to pause and to appreciate the gift that each one of you are in our lives. So we're grateful for you. Please know that. Today ends uh, 10 days of prayer. We've been a part of this uh, worldwide church prayer time. And in our Pacific Union and our conference, Southeastern, we have been intentionally reaching out and praying. If you missed some of those, Pastor Mike and Pastor Starla have led out in this in our church. And I've been so grateful for their video messages and the devotionals that they've been sending out. So we have all been focusing, turning our hearts and attention towards asking God 
what does 2021 look like? Make us tuned in to you. Um, we surrender to you. So we invite you to do that uh, today as we conclude our 10 days of prayer, but we hope it continues throughout this entire year because our longing, our desire is that we would follow God wherever God leads. It's hard to not be together. I know it, this isn't something that um, that your, your pastors or the leadership team here desires. We are longing to be back together more than anything. Um, it seems like every time I find a, a picture of us in the sanctuary or uh, around tables in the fellowship hall, I'm just struck with how much I wish that we could be together, how much I long to have that plate of food in my hand and talking to you about what's happening in your kids' lives or what's going on in your life. I, I wish for that. Um, so just know that we are all longing for that. And for right now, we're just going to stay connected and stay close and keep praying for those on the front lines because we will make it through this together. We really will. We'll be okay because God is going to work through this. What was meant for evil, God will use for good. That's what the scriptures tell us in Genesis. And that's what we continue to hold on to through all of this. So if you're a frontline worker, please just know you've been in our prayers. You continue to be in our daily prayers. And thank you so much for what you're doing. May God bless you as we continue our worship together today. Hey guys, it's Pastor Sam and Johnny Bones, and today we have a question for you. Where do you find the smallest bones in your body? Is it in your hands? There are some pretty small bones there. Is it in your feet? There are some really small bones there. Or is it in your ears? Hmm, do ears even have bones? Let's think about it. it right. You may not have known that your ears have the three smallest bones in the body, not on the outside, but on the very inside. Ears come in all shapes and sizes and colors, but inside, the three smallest bones in the human body are called the malleus, the incus, and stapes. We also know them as the stirrup, anvil, and hammer. Your ear is made out of three parts, the outer ear, the middle ear, and the inner ear. They work by collecting sound vibrations. We can't see sound vibrations, but when there's a sound, little vibrations travel through the air, and your outer ear works like a funnel and collects all of those sound vibrations. And then it travels to the middle ear. Inside the middle ear are the hammer, anvil, and stirrup, and together, the sound vibrations make them vibrate. After that, they travel to the inner ear, where it is converted into signals that go all the way to your brain to help you figure out what the original sound was. Let's do a little demonstration to learn more how our ears work. To do this demonstration, all you'll need are something to make noise with. I have a little hammer and a little drum, but you can use a plastic bowl and a wooden spoon. 
a bowl of water that is mostly full, and a cardboard box that's just a little bit taller than your bowl of water. You'll also need a cardboard tube and some cardstock. What I did is I rolled it into a funnel and then I taped it onto the end. And a balloon, you can cut the end off of it, a piece of plastic or a straw and a piece of tape. We'll take the balloon, we'll stretch it over the end, take the piece of plastic onto the end and then tape all of that onto this box. Let's do it together. All right, once that's all done and the little piece of plastic or the straw is just dipping into the bowl of water, be very still so that the water is as still as possible. And then make a really loud noise at the end of your funnel. Did you see that? That was amazing. The sound waves, which we can't see, were collected by the funnel, which represents our outer ear, which collects our sound. And then they traveled through the middle ear and hit the balloon at the end, which sent the sounds down the straw and hit the water, causing the water to vibrate. That's amazing. And it's a little bit of a demonstration of how our ears work, even though, of course, our ears are much more incredibly made by God than that. One reason why I think this demonstration is so great is because it helps us to see things that we normally cannot see. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is like a wind. We can't see the wind, but we can see the effects. Just like we can't actually see sound, but we can hear it, and we can see the effect that it has on the water. Sometimes when life is hard, it can be hard to see where God is and what God is doing in our lives. Sometimes we need help to see God, just like we need help to see sounds vibrate in the water. But when that happens, all we need to do is pray and tell God, God, I need your help to see where you're moving in my life. And God says that he will open our eyes and help us to see him at work and give us trust in him if only we will ask. Just like we can't see sound and we can't see the Holy Spirit, but they're still there, that is true of God's work in our lives. So every time you hear your favorite sounds, I want you to remember that just like you can't see the sounds, but you can hear them. Even if you can't see God, God is still with you working in your life. After all, that and your ears are part of Incredible You. Church family, would you please pray with me? Let's bow our heads. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for this beautiful and blessed day that you've given us to freely worship you. Please help us to remember, Lord, that this is a time that you have cleared your whole schedule just so you can spend time with us. Please help us to do the same for you today. Thank you for the freedom we have to worship you, to know you, and to love you. Lord, we ask that you'd be glorified in this service, that you would be uplifted, that you would be front and center. 
because you are our only hope, O oh Jesus. You are our Redeemer, our Creator, you are our best friend. Lord, although it seems like chaos is reigning in this world, we know that you are still on the throne of the universe. We know that you are still able to turn bad situations into good ones. We know that you are still capable of accomplishing your purposes, and you have called us to do so and to pursue justice and righteousness and love and mercy and peace in this world in which so much of that is lacking. Please use us as your children for your will and your honor and your glory and praise. And let us, Lord, catch a glimpse of who you are today and who you want us to be. Lord, we are sinners. We are, our hearts are wicked. We ask that you would give us hearts of flesh. You would take away our hearts of stone, that you would soften our hearts towards one another, that you would help us to love like you love, to live like you lived. Lord, we need you to change us. I ask that you'd help us to recognize more and more that there is no security in anything in this world. There is no security in knowledge, in money, in status, even in the day-to-day, -day, Lord. The only hope we have in this life is to just trust all to you and know that you have got our backs. You love us and you are there for us no matter what. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You always hear us, and you always listen to us, O oh God. We may not always understand the answers that you give to the things we ask, but we know that you love us more than we could ever understand, and you are with us in those hard times, Father. We have so many requests, Lord. There are so many in our community, in our church, in this world, in this nation. Lord, there are so many that are hurting, and we just want to uplift our, our, our small church community to you with all their requests, with all those who are hurting, Lord, whether they're going through financial, physical, mental, emotional. I know that we're all going through social struggles right now. Please meet our spiritual needs, Lord. Please help us to seek to meet the needs of those who are around us. Lord, give us the opportunity, bring to mind those people who you want us to help this coming week. Bring to mind the people who you want us to reach out to and give a word of encouragement or perform an act of service for. We thank you so much for all that you do and for your great grace and love. Finally, Lord, we just ask, please continue to be glorified in this service today. Let your will be done and pour out your Holy Spirit upon your children, upon all who are seeking truth, upon all are seeking answers. Lord, you are never far from anyone who is looking for you. So I pray that you pour your spirit out and that you would empower us to, to accomplish your will on this earth and that you would bring your plans to their end soon, Lord. We need you. We need you sooner than later, Jesus. We need you. Please come soon and take us home. We love you so much. We ask all these things in the beautiful, and capable name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Now's the season of giving. Oh, we probably gave our gifts several weeks ago, but likely we're paying for them now. Did you give extravagantly? I'm always interested and intrigued by those Christmas ads of car companies. I must admit, I am not in a position where I can go out and buy a car, slap a big red bow on it, and hide it in the garage and surprise my wife on Christmas morning. Oh, she'd be surprised all right. But, well, I think you know how that might go. I'm thinking of three stories of extravagant giving that are recorded in Scripture. First, Noah, who came off the out of the ark after several months with some total of all the non-aquatic mammals in his care and he sacrificed several of them. That's extravagant. The widow gave her final two pennies even though those two pennies would seemingly make no difference at all and she'd probably go hungry. Extravagant. Mary broke a jar of very expensive perfume only to pour it on the two bare feet that would soon become dusty and dirty and sweaty again. That's extravagant. Offerings are not to be measured by the monetary value, but by heart devotion to our Creator God who emptied all of heaven for our salvation and there's no amount of Toyotas and a fleet of cars that could ever match that. As we return our tithes and our offerings today, my prayer is that they will come from a heart broken by the eternal love and matchless love of our extravagant God. Will you pray with me? We give you ourselves, symbolized by these offerings, our God. We trust you. We love you. We praise you today. Instill in us this divine extravagance. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you so much, Patricia and Sarah, for that beautiful music. Both of those songs were just amazing. And Pastor Sam, oh, we love your children's features. That was amazing. Thank you so much. We learned something about God and about our bodies all at the same time. Oh, yes, the pianist name, Patricia and Sarah. Patricia was first and Sarah. So really grateful for what they shared with us this morning. Grateful you can all be here together online. If you missed the earlier question, just for a moment, put in the chat, where were you born? Where were you born? So if you already did, I've been reading through those and it's great. We have everyone from Indonesia to Peru to Loma Linda, California. So lots and lots of different places. It's awesome to be able to see you joining in. If you've been around this community for a while and we were just thinking about this, wow, this is our fifth Christmas because Josiah doesn't remember the Christmases before he moved to California. So that was pretty amazing for us to think back. But if you've been around this community for a while, you'll know that our kids have been begging for something. I'll say kids, but really it's our son who's been begging for a dog for quite a while. And there have been children's stories where they've talked about and told stories about dogs. And some of you have made it your personal mission where you have gone out after service, after I've shared a story and told him about your dogs and how much you love your dogs. And you've been on your personal mission so that our family could have a dog. Well, um, pandemic, I guess, it just it just hit us that we needed to get a dog. So on Sunday, we drove to the shelter and just to meet dogs, you know how it goes, just to meet them and to get a chance to be able to see who's out there and, and just just meet some dogs, right? And uh, we ended up meeting a lot of different ones, but one captured our heart. And so we have a new member in our family. So I'll show you a picture from that day on Sunday. So this is our, our little guy there. You can see us with our kids. And that is Toby. Uh, he's around two years old and mix uh, a mix of a lot of different things, but he has a few things in him that are prominent. Um, ask Caleb, he's been researching and kind of trying to figure out what he is, but look at that little guy. We are so, so glad to have this little two-year-old pup in our lives. And uh, this morning, actually, it was really funny. Uh, some of you who have been campaigning for him to have a dog, Josiah said, see mom, as he's cuddling him and holding him and the dog is licking his face. He's like, I told you life wasn't good without a dog. And now it's really, really good. So if you have a dog, um, let me know that too. It, <laughs> yay, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, actually, Ernie, we drove all the way down to Oceanside to the shelter there because they were open Sunday and we could meet the dogs outside. So they were doing, and that's how they were doing it for COVID times. So we're just super glad we have some more love in our, our family and in our lives. Wow, we have everyone born LA, uh, Romania. Oh, San Paolo, Brazil, of course. Yes, yes, Venezuela. So many different places. We. I love, I love, I love the diversity of our community and where we all come from here. Thanks, Jen. We love him. Toby is so cute. And Alex, your dog pictures constantly inspire me to want a dog. And now I so get it. He's so amazing. We, we really, really love our little guy. So, oh, yes. I born in Mexico City. I think that's Tata there, Luz. Um, so glad to see you. Glad you're here with us today. 
Oh, yes. And Sean and Elisa have a dog too. I'm so glad. Dogs are such wonderful company. Thank you for sharing where you're born and also your love of animals too. And those of you who have inspired our family with all your, your, your pooch pictures on Facebook. Thank you for that too. We'll just pause for a moment and pray as we ask God to lead us during this time as we go into God's word together. Our God, I am reminded this week just how grateful I am for the people that we get to call our family, our church family. Each one of these ones, just that I've been reading the chat and we're here together, um, but so many others too, perhaps they're watching on TV or haven't haven't um, joined in yet. We just are so grateful for the community that we have as a faith community together. And for all of those who are joining in right now from all different places across the, this country and around the world, we're so grateful that they are here. We are praying right now that your Holy Spirit would do something miraculous, that you would connect us all with you and with each other. From all the states we're joining from, from different countries, that you would just close bring us close to each other and close to you. And you know, only you know what each person is going through. So I'm asking right now that you would, by the power of your spirit, touch each one, move in our lives, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, people get a little nervous when you start to talk about the Holy Spirit. Talk about God the Father, talk about Jesus, and it's like we can conceptualize what that means, uh, even though there should be a lot of mystery for each of us with God the Father or Jesus as well. But start talking about the Spirit, and it can make people pretty uncomfortable, perhaps because we've heard um, people say, God impressed me to do something, and we've wondered, oh, really? How could that be? It's like people that have heard people do all sorts of things in the name of Christ or um, as Christians, they have a hard time. We have a hard time then being able to reconcile how, how can that be that you would do that in the name of Christ or in the name of the Spirit? Yet what's unmistakable as we go through scripture is that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is essential for our day-to-day -day living. That God doesn't want us to live without the indwelling spirit. We've just ended today, actually ends 10 days of prayer focus, asking for the Holy Spirit in our lives, asking for that empowerment from God. But this mysterious third person of the Godhead is this spark and this breath and this life that transforms us. That's why we spend these days in prayer, because we're asking we're asking for this empowerment, this infilling that we would be able to bring glory to God through our lives, that God would be shown and seen in all that we do. This renewal in the life of God is what we need. Um, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings us joy. How is it that we're able to keep going when we feel like we have nothing left when we're completely running on empty? Why is it that when you cry with someone, when you have the presence of someone else, even over the phone, you feel this presence and you feel comforted like you didn't have before? Where do we find the ability to connect with people that are so different than us, but somehow feel like brothers and sisters. This is the Holy Spirit. 
This is how the Holy Spirit works among us. This is what God does, renewing us, pouring into us, giving us what we couldn't have on our own, uniting us in the power of God. Jesus sends the Spirit, the one who is in our midst, the very gift of God. Throughout these next five sermons, I invite you to come on a journey with me. I believe it's not just a sermon topic that I've been led to, but that this is a place that we can study and find renewal for this moment, this time when we need the Holy Spirit, the invisible, mysterious power of God at work in our lives right now. As we take time to look in the scriptures and digest what these scriptures mean to us about the Holy Spirit, we can experience the transforming power of God that we desperately need. We're a little bit scared to talk about the Spirit, and one author says we're scared for two reasons. We're scared to talk about the Spirit or to pray for the Spirit, to ask God for the Spirit, because what if God doesn't show up? Maybe you're there right now. Like if I pray, if I ask God to show up and God doesn't show up, then won't it hurt my faith more if I'm asking and looking instead of just living in the status quo, I'm looking, seeking and nothing happens. So we're afraid that God won't show up. The second thing we're afraid of is that what if God shows up, right? We hear this. What if God shows up and asks me to do something I don't want to do? What if God shows up and asks me to forgive or to reach out or to give or to sell or to give away something that I don't want to let go of? We're afraid to ask for the Holy Spirit, both on the one hand, because what if God doesn't show? But then on the other hand, what if God does? We're invited to do, to seek, to reach out beyond ourselves. And yes, it does mean less control but we're invited to ask for the Holy Spirit, this gift that God is so generously waiting to give. God says about the Holy Spirit, I long to give you this gift, just like you long to give good gifts to your kids. This isn't something where you have to beg and plead for God to give. This is something God really desires to give. Ava got this great Christmas gift that I want to share with you. Looks like this. Now, this is really cool because it is a, a little caterpillar that goes through all of the stages of metamorphosis because it has this special little sack here, too. And this is like us, uh, right? This is like us when we invite the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. We're there. We're, we, we say to God, I don't just want to walk anymore, God. I want to fly uh, I want to be open. Now, that means that the wind will move you around if you're flying. That means that you have less control. But I don't care. That's the point, God. I want to be open to your spirit. I want to go where you will lead me. So we invite God uh, into our hearts and our lives and we say, Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm willing. And so just like this little toy goes through the process of metamorphosis, sometimes we find ourselves in these dark places. We find ourselves in the place where suddenly we're, we're hanging there in the dark. For some of us, this is right now. This is uh, pandemic times. This is throughout this whole process that we are undergoing what many theologians, authors call the dark night of the soul. There's this darkness. There's this place where you feel perhaps like you're pulled away. You're isolated. You're in a different space. But God is at work there. 
make no mistake, the Holy Spirit is at work. When we are in this process, we're asking God to work. We're asking the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. God is at work in this process. And as we continue to yield ourselves to the Spirit, as we give up control, as we ask God to make God known to us, as we say yes again and again to the surprising uh, and mysterious leading of God, you know what happens? Yeah, we start to fly. <laughs> There's a metamorphosis that happens. There's a change that occurs. God doesn't want us to just settle for walking around like the caterpillar stuck to the ground. God says, I want to lead you to soar. I want you to fly. I want you to experience a life that's different. We might settle for something less, but the desire, the longing of God and the Holy Spirit is for us to fly. Now, <laughs> in real life, right, uh, it, it always is a bit harder. I felt distinctly impressed with something in this past week. I felt distinctly impressed by the Holy Spirit to pray for something this last week. And then I felt, found myself in the days after that where I was seeing the work of the Holy Spirit, trying to manage what I felt impressed by. And one morning I was laughing and sharing this with God. And this is from my journal. I'm sorry, God. I surrender. I guess the whole point is that I don't know. I surrender. I trust you. Here I am. I'm open. I'm going to stop trying to figure it out. And more importantly, take the day-by-day -day steps that you're calling me to. For me, this really sums up what it's meant to live a life with Jesus, a, a life where I've asked the Holy Spirit to guide me. It's not about trying to figure out the whole plan for my life. It's not about asking God for even so much as the five-year plan or the one-year plan, or when will this pandemic be over plan, or can I really understand what 2021 is going to be, and when do I get to see my church family, and when can we actually eat together? No, it's about Holy Spirit today. I surrender to you. Today, I ask you to take faithful steps to show me the way I should go, impress me of who I should reach out to. What does it look like for me to live as truly yours today? That's what it looks like for me. Many scholars point out that the major challenge with the Holy Spirit is our ability to conceptualize the personhood of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it, but a distinct person of the Godhead or what we sometimes call the three in one, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Perhaps we have images of what that means, but the Spirit is hard for us. The Father, Son, ah, yes, but the Spirit, we can tend to treat the Spirit as more like a creedal or belief that we have to ascend to. Like, I'm going to get this right. I have this doctrine of the Holy Spirit down instead of being so vital to our life so essential to my day in and day out living. Jesus says it so differently in John chapter 14, verse 16. Um, those are chapters you can go and research and study in those deeply. There's something so beautiful there and how Jesus talks about this gift of the spirit that is coming. Jesus says, it's good that I'm leaving because you will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, none of his disciples would have thought that this was good. They wanted Jesus with them. But Jesus says, I don't leave you alone or abandoned. I'm sending you the spirit, the spirit who will be in the midst and who will be in you. As we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit or the nature of any member of the Godhead, it's really important up front to understand our frailty. We're trying to understand God after all. 
whether or not we're talking about the Father, Son, or the Spirit, we recognize that we are humans and that we approach this on holy ground. So I just want you to know, I surrender to this God because to, for us to talk about and to try to explain God will always be approaching the divine and mysterious one who is so unlike us, but who has chosen to be revealed to us. This is God we're talking about. Knowledge of God is not something to be mastered or to think that we can ever completely grasp. The nature of God is a great mystery. As Dr. Renko Stevanovich says, one of these mysteries is the mystery of the Godhead consists of three divine beings who are united in character, purpose, and activity, yet distinct in personality. Our minds stretch to understand what this means, right? Another pastor, Francis Chan, points out that we use so many different metaphors to describe the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The egg, where we have the shell, the white part, and the yolk, that's the Holy, uh, that's the Trinity, right? The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Or the clover, where it's one stem, but three parts of the clover top, all a part of the same plant. Uh, we've also perhaps heard the state of water being used to describe that water can be in a liquid or a solid or a vapor. Um, so we use the spirit, the sun, the father, are the ice, the water, the steam. Um, all of these are, are metaphors that try to help us to grasp or to understand how something could be the same and yet distinct in personality. And these will always fall short because this is God we're talking about. So it helps us to understand. We get metaphors because it helps us to grasp onto someone that is so amazing and so beyond us. So that doesn't mean we're left with nothing, though. Ellen White points out in um, quoting this passage, Deuteronomy 29, 29, I'll read this for you. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may follow all the words of the law. So there are secret things. There are mysteries. There are things that you and I as humans will not be able to understand, but there are things that God reveals. Praise God, we serve a God who is revealed. And that's for us and our children so that we may follow, so that we may be in relationships, so that we may live in a way that is right with God following the law. God has revealed this for us to be able to follow. How incredible is that? Dr. Brazil de Souza says, the nature of the Holy Spirit, and I love this quote, resists simplifications and precise definitions. The precise controls of this being remain mysterious. We hold on the one hand a God who wants to be known and who reveals to us who God is. And then we hold on the other hand that this God is always going to be above us, beyond what our minds could grasp or understand. So if you find yourself like stretched and pulled to try to understand what the Holy Spirit is like, it's okay. You and I are not God. And that is a good thing. So a brief overview. Who is the Spirit? Just in the Old Testament alone. The one who hovers over creation is the first place we see the Spirit hovering over the waters. They, the Spirit overpowers or takes possession of people. The Spirit falls on them. The Spirit rests on the Messiah. The Spirit lifts up the standard against God's enemies. The Spirit gives rest. The Spirit moves in a specific direction, enters a prophet, carries a prophet from one place 
to another, departs from the people, passes from one person to another, dwells in the midst of the people, gives understanding to the people of God, gives life, gathers the wild animals to occupy the land of Edom. These are just a few of the places. You could just keep listing. This is a brief overview, but there are so many places where the Spirit is doing specific actions. The personhood of the Holy Spirit is seen as God works in specific ways. I've been so amazed as I've studied for these messages. I've been moved because there is this incredible God. In the words of one scholar, I personally have seen, and I quote, the overwhelming biblical evidence of the plurality of the Godhead, how God works, how God moves. It puts me in awe. And that's the first posture that we should have before we say or do anything else is that I am in awe of you, God. So how do we see the plurality, this three in one that I've been talking about? I'm just going to give you a couple references. There are many more, but before we go into our passage today, Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and 27 is where we see it first. Let us make man in our own image. In the image of God, God created male and female. So L is the word for God, and that's in the singular but Elohim, have you heard that name before perhaps? Elohim is the plural for God. So God starts off from the very beginning at creation saying, I, Elohim, this plural God will make singular. This action is in singular because God is plural and yet one doing this action, creating human beings in the image of God. So man and woman are not able to independently reflect the image of God because God is this plural. God is this God that is in relationship, united, only one, and yet distinct personhood, connected. And so God creates male and female who represent together the image of God. Then in Isaiah chapter 6, I love Isaiah chapter 6. This is the call of Isaiah. You can go back and read it. But in verse 8, who shall I send, send is plural, who will go for us? This is the, uh, I'm sorry, send is singular, the other is plural, who will go for us. And then Isaiah responds, here I am, send me. But God says, who will go for us? This God who is there calling out to Isaiah. In verse 3, we hear the threefold, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. These are what the angels are crying out, holy, holy. We see it in Revelation chapter 4 also. This holy, holy, holy was understood to be a holy for each member of the Godhead. As God was worshipped and praised by the angels, each one with the resounding holy, holy, holy of God. Um, in the New Testament, there's baptism like we saw last week. It was such a joy to get to see Pastor Nick and each of the young people getting baptized. And of course, Jared with his grandfather getting baptized. It was so beautiful. Such a high Sabbath, even in these crazy times. But you'll notice we raise our hand and we say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as instructed in Scripture, the three in one. Then there are the words of Paul and Peter. If you read their letters, at the end of their letters, they will include from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those are just a few of the examples because this richness of this God who is in relationship is powerful. This God who's in relationship and who invites us into 
that relationship. This God who is in this dance of love, this beautiful relationship invites us to be a part of it. How incredible is that? I could keep going with so many, but let's get to our passage for today. A teacher of Israel, a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, the highest governing body of the Jewish people, this man comes to Jesus at night. He's in the dark about who Jesus is, and he wants to know what he's all about. So he comes and he seeks him out. He's doing all the things, all the things, the rituals, the practices, but something still feels like it's missing. And he's wondering, maybe Jesus has it. Maybe Jesus is the one that he's been longing for. Yes, even if we get everything right, even if we keep all the rules and do all the things, something will still be missing if we don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what does he do? He comes to Jesus. When we're weary, when we don't have the answers, when we feel like something is missing, this story gives us courage to bring our questions to Christ. Jesus is there with the disciples. Now they had just finished a long day and their ministry included so much walking. Remember, everything was done on foot. So they walked everywhere. Now Jesus is retiring in the grove of olive trees. They just finished dinner. I'm sure it was fish again, fish and bread, so common. They finished their dinner and then suddenly they hear the sound of brittle grass underneath the feet of someone who's approaching them, walking up. Here comes Nicodemus. How do you start a conversation with Jesus? How do you ask him all the questions about what's missing in your life, about what feels hard, about what feels empty, about wondering if he might be the one? Well, he starts with a compliment. Let's pick up the story in John chapter three. You can turn there with me. John chapter three, starting in verse one. It says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who's come from God for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. It's a good place to start, right? Uh, we don't even know uh, anyone else who's done this. So you have to come from God. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. Another way to translate that is born from above. How can anyone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Jesus cuts to the heart of Nicodemus' confusion. It all comes down to this, he says. You must be born from above. You must be born from above. This is not what Nicodemus is expecting. He came with questions and it feels like he's getting puzzles to solve, riddles to try to unpack in his mind. What does he mean? 
How can he be moving towards retirement age and yet re-enter his mother's womb? This is puzzling. His confusion makes sense to us, doesn't it? If you've never read this chapter, perhaps you are feeling that same confusion from Nicodemus. I, I don't get it. Or maybe you've heard Christians talk about being born again and you've wondered that same exact thing that Nicodemus is scratching his head about. I remember hearing that phrase and not knowing what it meant too. You must be born again. He never gets the answer that removes all of his confusion, but Jesus goes further to explain what this means. The wind blows where it will. You hear it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. This is how it will be with everyone born of the Spirit. Jesus is playing on words here. The word pneuma in Greek means wind or spirit. So he's saying this with this combined, he's using the same word all of those times you see wind. It's the same word that means spirit or wind. So in other words, Jesus is saying God's spirit is uncontrollable and unknowable, as uncontrollable and unknowable as the wind, right? We see what happens when the wind blows through, but we don't know how it came or, or where it came from or, or where it's going. The same thing is, the, is with the spirit. The new life Jesus speaks about is not another thing for Nicodemus to manage or to master. This is something that is entirely the work of God. The wind of God's spirit blows in ways we don't expect or understand. Perhaps one of the first things in discerning where God is leading is if you cannot imagine God saying that, check it out from scripture. Uh, definitely test that truth against scripture and with those that you trust to be tuned into the voice of God. But don't write it off. God often surprises us. The grace of God comes to us in so many different ways. As one commentary says, we preach new life that is not about knowledge or accomplishment, but about the uncontrollable wind of the spirit. It's important for us to understand that this is not just something that we can control. It's something that we yield to. So let me ask you a question. All those places you were born, right? Every, everyone from those who were born close by to us, to those who were born in Venezuela, Peru, Brazil, Indonesia, all the places we were born. How much did you do in your first birth? How much work did you put into being born? I'm not talking about your mom. I'm talking about you. How much work did you put into being born? Do you remember it? Did you plan it out? Did you uh, write out all the steps? <laughs> no, right? Life is a mystery. Life is a mystery and a gift. Any person who's attended a birth, who's been there, who's gone through it or witnessed it, knows that there's something deeply miraculous and mysterious about birth. So it is with birth in the spirit. The Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit moves. You don't control the transformation God is doing in your life. You can't control how you're making it through this time. Just like all the people that posted pictures of their pandemic success and how they're achieving so much and overcoming so much. Yes, that can work for a time, but for any lasting change to occur, it has to be something, someone other than us working within us. You can do all the things right. You can be a nicer person with more knowledge about God, going deeper in the scriptures, 
but without the Holy Spirit, something is still missing. There's a joy and a life and a spark. There's a yielding to the spirit that will bring us to a different place individually and as a faith community. The life that we need can only come from God. The change that we desire can only come from God. The hope that we long for can only come from God. It's so fascinating to me that where we came to as a Seventh-day Adventist church in our understanding of the Trinity lined up with where we came to in our understanding with righteousness by faith. Now, this term righteousness by faith, some of you have gone deep in study of this, but it, it means, oh, thank you, uh, this this whole gift, this whole miracle that God does is not something we control. I am made right with God, not by my works, but by a gift from God. This gift of God that get, he gives through Jesus Christ. So our church came to this understanding. The Seventh-day Adventist Church came to this understanding of righteousness by faith in 1888. And that coincided with our discovery of our truth uh, about the Trinity. Prior to this, our pioneers had diverse views about God. However, once they came to this understanding about salvation as a gift from God paid by the cross of Calvary, they soon realized that the gift of salvation could not have been secured by someone who was created by God. Rather, it was provided by the creator. They soon came to the understanding that the one who works out our salvation in us day in and day out is the Holy Spirit. That there is this gift that God is giving the transformation of God's people. This Holy Spirit, they realized, was as much a distinct person as the Father and the Son. Such an understanding of the essence of salvation prompted them to study the Bible deeper to understand about the Trinity. I think this is so beautiful because this lines up with our understanding from John 3, this understanding from scripture that Jesus is describing to us, that this new birth that God wishes to give us, this ongoing transformation where you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? That's what the scripture says. That's what it tells us, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God is working in you to bring the presence of the living God wherever you go. That transformation, that fullness of salvation that's coming to your life and mine is a work done completely other than done by us. Just like our first birth, our second birth is a miracle. It's a gift. And it's not something you can control or I can control. Lewis and Demharst said, Understanding the concept of the plurality of the Godhead enriches our limited grasp on the one God who is above us, for us, and in us. As we understand more of the Holy Spirit in the coming weeks, we'll understand more of this God who truly is around us. Or as Paul said, in him we live and move our, and have our being. That quote is true of us today. Nicodemus isn't told what to do in order to be reborn. He isn't told a five-step plan to go through in order to, to be born again. Birth is out of one's control, but it is a gift from God. And he sees something in Jesus so much that we see and know that he followed him as a disciple because we see him at the end of Jesus' life. We see him there at the tomb. We see him there honoring and making his following of Jesus public to all who witness him. Could it be 
friends, could it be that God is waiting to give a rebirth to you and to this church? Could it be that through the darkness of this time, just like the darkness of the womb, that God is wanting to bring us out into newness of life? Or like that caterpillar that went into the chrysalis merging as a butterfly. New life is freely given as a gift. Could it be that God is wanting to give us that gift? Not that God desired this pandemic, but that God promises like in Genesis, that what was intended for evil, God will use for good. That through the darkness of this time, God will bring us forward to a greater level of vibrancy and life. The renewal we desire, the longing for unity that we desire, the comfort we need, the empowerment to make a difference, it all comes from the Holy Spirit. Everything. Now, Reverend Kelly Swanland shares that her Sunday school teacher, when she was a kid, gathered all the kids into the Sunday school room and passed out pieces of paper blank pieces of paper. Now I put mine a little bit too far out of reach guys. So they were encouraged to take this paper, scribble on it, draw on it. Some kids were doing these elaborate drawings and then she told them to crunch it up. And she said, here's the thing you need to remember. You're going to do things all throughout your day, every day. Some of the things you're going to make and do are beautiful. They're pretty. And some of the things are messy. But then, and she started passing out blank pieces of paper again. This is what God gives you. Each morning, God hands you a blank piece of paper and tells you to go start again. Each and every morning, God gives you a fresh chance to start again. Whether you've listened to the Holy Spirit in the past or whether you've turned away from God, whether you have had these moments where you knew God was asking you to do something and you said no, the truth is still this, that God gives you a blank piece of paper to start today, to start today. Maybe for some of you, you've been going through the motions. Maybe for some of you, like Nicodemus, you're doing all the things, but you feel like something is missing. God hands you a piece of paper and says, let's go again the blank piece of paper to start each and every day tuned in saying, I surrender to you, God. I surrender to you, Spirit. I'm ready to go wherever you take me, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a new start, new energy, new power. All we have to do is open up our lives and say, God, I'm open. And this is one I've been praying the last few weeks, especially God, I'm open. I'm open. Show me where you want me to go. I want to experience you. Yes, that does mean you have less control. Yes, perhaps we feel like it would make us more vulnerable um, to things that we might not want or might not expect, but it will be worth it because our lives will be lived experiencing God, surrendering to God. God might surprise you. I look forward to seeing how God surprises you. But if you're wanting to do that today, I just invite you to say yes. You can just write it in the chat right now. Just say, yes, God, I'm open. Yes, God, I'm open. Those are powerful words. Yes, God, I'm open. It means open to a process that you don't control, open to the Holy Spirit like a wind rushing through. I'm open.
So at the end of each of these sermons, I'm going to give you some place where you can go deeper. John chapter 14 is where I invite you to go deeper. And as I've been reading this, I just want you to share in this one passage for a moment here. In verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Notice the Holy Spirit comes and then he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. There's so much in this chapter. So the place to go deeper, John chapter 14. That's where I invite you to go deeper this week. You can go on. John chapter 14 through 16 is powerful. So much there about the spirit and how Jesus wants to minister in us and through us. So if you want to keep going, but John chapter 14, go deeper there, but just pray this prayer each day this week. Yes, I'm open. Yes, I'm open. Surprising. Yes, I'm open. God's going to lead us. So go deeper in John 14. I invite you to read that chapter. You can go on to chapter 15 and 16 if you want. Oh, I'm so grateful to see that you're open. Absolutely. Amen. It's going to be powerful to see what God does in our lives. Because just like the darkness of the womb, the darkness of this time, we are going to emerge because God is doing something among us. I believe this with my heart. God is doing something in you. All we have to be is open. Let's pray together. If you have anything, especially right now, um, that you want to lift me to lift up in prayer, I invite you to just keep writing, God, I'm open because I'm going to be just in my in my mind and heart praying over each of you that are writing that you are open right now. Just like if we were um, all gathered in the same place, I won't be saying each of your names except in my heart to God right now, praying that God would show you, reveal to you the way God wants to work in your life and in your heart. So please keep writing those in the chat as I pray right now. God, we thank you so much for being a God who wants to be known to us. We acknowledge that you are mysterious and amazing. You fill my heart with awe again and again as I keep learning more and more about who you are. So please, God, whether it's our first day of saying yes to you, or we've been doing this for quite some time, we want to go deeper. We do not want, God, to just stay in the status quo or the surface or just keep doing things as normal. We want to say, yes, we're open. And that means wherever you lead. For your honor and for your glory, I lift up each person right here in the chat. Those that are saying, I'm open right now, I'm lifting them up to you. I'm praying, God, that you would work that your Holy Spirit would touch them and anoint them right now because you desire to work in our lives in ways that are beyond what we could even ask or imagine. So with each person saying, yes, God, I'm open. God, please, would you show us your power and your strength? Would you tune us in to hearing from you is my prayer. I'm reading each name, God, asking that you would work in their life and in their family. You know what we're carrying right now, and you know how those especially who feel like they're in that cocoon, waiting to see what will emerge. God, we just say again, we desire your transformation. Bring it, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. In your name, amen.
It's been a joy to be together today. Thank you so much. It's good to be able to read the openness to the Holy Spirit's work and to continue to go deeper in our journey and our study and our understanding of this incredible God that we serve. So as you go into this week, remember Monday, our, our only holiday in America where we encourage all to engage in service, try to do something for someone in honor of this God who has poured out so much for us and, and on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday that we could all rise up and serve and love in ways that are tangible and needed right now. We also want to invite you back for next week. It will be part two of this series, this challenging text about the Holy Spirit and how God leads us. So we invite you back next week. May God bless you. May God keep you.